Hello and welcome to our show Film Talk with AJ Dean. I'm AJ Dean, your host. And today we have such a super spectacular guest in the building. We, I'm so honored and thrilled to have him here. He is JP Bonjouran. He is a film director, actor, writer, producer, and he uh, originally is from Quebec, uh, but I believe now he lives in the United States. So let's give him a super warm welcome. Hello, JP. Welcome. And how are you? Well, thanks, AJ. Good to see you. I'm fine. Well, actually, yeah, I, I'm actually a dual citizen. You know, my dad's from Massachusetts. Uh, so I'm an American just like you. I'm also a Canadian. I love that. And uh, uh, <laughs> a lot of my career uh, took place in Quebec, but I also worked in L.A. as an actor. And uh, this project, Old Guys in Bed, that we're going to discuss, I'm pretty sure, is just a very international thing. So there you go. Wonderful. Okay, well, speaking of old guys in bed, um, uh, let me go to the photo. This is, um, well, first of all, I just want to say you were in The Young and the Restless, uh, which is everybody knows about that, a TV series. And this is a fabulous photo of you. Um, and so um, I got it from your IMDb and you just look so handsome, JP. And was that fun to work on The Young and the Restless? Um, it was fun, but it was rather quick. I was in a couple of episodes, but the um, something, you know, there was basically no rehearsals. I mean, just the blocking, but I knew that ahead of time. So I was, you know, fully prepared and it was like one or two takes basically and yes it was fun it was exciting great i love that everybody knows that and um also this picture here it's a beautiful picture of you is that when you were on the young and the restless is that about the time or it's uh let's see it, that's about year 2000 Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's an old photo, but it's, it's, you know, it's a cool one. <laughs> it's a great one. We love it. We love it. Okay. I'm going to switch the screen to, uh, this is, um, Paul James Saunders. Is that right? Yep. Absolutely. And he is, this is a, uh, scene from old guys in bed. And I want to talk about that. Tell us about this, uh, the story and, um, what a great character and actor. As you can see, take it away, JP. Tell us about it. Okay, all right. Uh, okay, so Old Guys in Bed is a feature film that's currently in post-production. We're going to be done in late December, early January. It's going to be ready. Uh, and uh, uh, it deals with two different things. Uh, the first one being that old homosexuals or old gay guys are basically invisible on screen. Yeah. I mean, there are very, very, very few characters on film and television worldwide who are over 60 or even over 50 uh, and gay. So there's discrimination right there through invisibility. Yes. And uh, 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 I'm gay, of course, and the, the uh, uh, I'm 71. And I thought that I would sort of set the record straight or that I would add to the narrative because there's a hole here in the narrative. Yes. And here comes old guys in bed. Uh, <laughs> I love the I love the title, JP. Thank you. 
Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun title. And it's a fun film. It's also drama with a bit of comedy, but it's I think it's going to be really entertaining. Um, and so the film shows three older LGBTQ guys and uh, a couple of other ones who are a bit younger. And the film also deals with online dating and the consequences of ghosting. And I'm not talking here about a bit of ghosting. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, you know, you chat with somebody, chat, 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 doesn't go anywhere. After a couple of days, he stops texting or I stop texting. It's no big deal. But uh, um, a few years ago, just before the pandemic, uh, I was ghosted big time in an international relationship that was going really well. And honestly, the breakup plus the ghosting was so painful. Uh, it, I mean, I, I honestly suffered emotionally more than I had ever suffered, at least in my adult life. You know, when you're a teenager, very often, you know, you go through a lot of stuff and I don't want to minimize that. But I mean, in my adult life, I'd never experienced such pain. And, you know, the saying, if life gives you a lemon, you make lemonade. So I said, okay, here I have two plus two equals four. Show older gay man and talk about the ghosting and what happened to me. So the film is largely autobiographical. I mean, in its essence, you know, it's essentially autobiographical, although the, the details are not the same very often. And, and so that's why I, I wrote Old Guys in Bed and, and we finished shooting a few months ago and now we're in post-production and I can't wait to show you the film. I'm super excited to see it. And uh, first of all, I, I want to apologize. And, and I know I, I shouldn't need to say I'm sorry, but I feel I'm sorry that you had to go through that, JP. I feel for you, my heart aches for you um it's never easy and it and it's just really sad and painful and i'm so proud of you as an artist to have the vulnerability to be able to well, talk i think that as a community of people who are online you know it's, which is a huge community without pointing the finger i think that if we ghosted have ghosted been ghosted being ghosted we should stop that yeah. I mean, it's just, it's harder to write a Dear John letter, you know, but it only needs a couple of paragraphs that are decent. And then it just, it just brings some kind of closure. My friends got ghosted in similar, some, you know, circumstances. And uh, I really think it's uh, something that we need to talk about on film and on TV shows. Yes, absolutely. And uh, do you have humor as well with the dating, online dating? Is there some humor in that area, JP? <laughs> yeah, there, there's some humor. There's some humor here and there, you know, pretty much till the end. There's a bit of humor here, there, you know. <laughs> Everywhere. But it's basically, it's basically drama. Uh, but will the audience laugh? It's very hard to predict, but I'm sure they're going to smile, you know, quite a few times. Yes. yes. Oh, this is wonderful. Well, I'm so looking forward to it. Now it's in post-production. Congratulations on this beautiful movie with a very important social message for the world 
to hear, you know, I love, they're so dear to my heart messages, social messages like this, because film has the power to educate and teach and heal in so many ways. And that's what I love cinema and film about. So thank you, JP, for bringing that um, to, to uh, for us to talk about today. And before I go on any more, I must give a special thank you and acknowledgement to Isabel Drian, a beautiful, beautiful filmmaker. And she is the one who brought us together, JP. So I want to th say thank you, Isabel. Isn't that right, JP? Yeah, thanks, Isabel. She's a wonderful lady. She really is. She knows so much stuff. You know, she's also a great teacher. She currently has, you know, uh, a teaching what? thing going on, for lack of a better word, you know, about Christmas movies and screenwriting at large. And, you know, she's just great. So thanks, Isabel. Yes, yes. Thank you, Isabel. And if you're interested to take any of Isabel's classes, you can, you know, reach out to her on Facebook. You're right. She's doing classes and it's wonderful. She's absolutely lovely. So we love our Isabel. So thank you again. Um, I also want to talk to you about, um, let's see, I want to, let's switch to this uh, next screen here, uh, alias. This is um, with Jennifer Garner. Is that right? Jennifer Gardner, yeah. Wow, she's huge. You know, I love her. She's one of my favorites. Now, this is the TV series Alias. Now, it was super, super popular. How was it working on that set? Actually, it was great. And it was easy. Uh, I got to tell you that one thing that was really amazing about Jennifer she really was like an acting student. I also teach acting, you know, and so I'm used to, to you know, having acting students in their 20s or, you know, early 20s, that sort of thing. And she she didn't have any attitude. She was just like my students. She was just like, you know, this quote unquote ordin or ordinary girl, you know, with a t-shirt and, you know, and we, we were figuring out, you know, the blocking, et cetera. And uh, uh, so that was pretty amazing. We also had uh, an intimate scene. Uh, there was a there was some intimacy, uh, um, and uh, uh, that was a very easy process. We were again, we were actually blocking with the director, but she was very comfortable. I was very comfortable, and it was just again like blocking. Okay, so I'm going to put my hand here. You're going to lift your arm, and you know that sort of thing. So that was. Pretty impressive. Amazing. But before we get, we dig a bit deeper into Alias and, and my acting credits, the uh, uh, I want to point out that in Old Guys in Bed, there are two other major characters, one played by Duff McDonald. He's the one who gets ghosted. This oh. is Paul James Saunders, the ghoster. <laughs> oh, he's the ghoster. He's the ghoster, yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. I, I, okay. I'm not going to spoil anymore. <laughs> okay. All right. And the main character, uh, played by Duff McDonald, uh, has a niece that he loves very dearly. And she knows all about online dating, you know, unlike her uncle. And she's played by Joan Hart, a wonderful younger actress. She's about in her early 20s, and she's fabulous. Uh, and, and Duff McDonald is a very sensitive actor. So, you know, I had a very strong cast, which is great. Yes, yes. And so when can we see this and when will it come out? It's in post-production now. 
um is will it be released by in 2024 do you think jp yeah it will be released in 2024 i'm currently in talks with some distributors oh good and okay. uh, also i started you know, talking with a couple of film festivals. So we need to decide, you know, at some point during the first quarter of 2024, I, that sort of thing, we're going to need to decide where and when is going to be the world premiere. Yeah. Because that's very important. When you're going to be distributing a film, right. you know, where and when the world premiere is, uh, is just a very important aspect of it. Absolutely. And speaking of the LGBT community, I wanted to talk a little bit, um, actually a lot, uh, about um, how it is today. So could you share with us, is it better today? Is it getting there? Talk to us uh, about what's going on. Give us well, it, it's better for us in the US and Canada because we're so privileged. I mean, not just financially, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, these are democracies, uh, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and, and you know, when a minority or when a group of people uh, uh, has a lot of qualms, I mean, they have an ear. We can't say that nobody's listening, you know, at the government, at government level and in the general population. Um, the, I don't know the number of countries, but I think it's around 50 countries all over the world um, homosexual behavior is actually a crime. A what? This doesn't make any kind of sense. Oh, f Except over 50? Yeah. Whoa. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Wow. And and as far as the U.S., is, as far as, you know, as far as we're concerned in the U.S., well, we're going backwards right now. I think everybody knows that. Uh, we're definitely going backwards. There is, there is, you know, there's just a terrible movement in terms of, of trying to have us lose what we acquired, you know, in, you know, in terms of rights, in terms of marriage, etc. Um, Canada, uh, my other country, is just very liberal. Uh, uh, and, and there is much less conservatism uh, uh, in Canada and yeah. in Quebec which is part of Canada, which was, which is kind of an entity of its own. Actually, it is, if only for the French language, but for so many reasons. Uh, Quebecers, les Québécois, are very tolerant. Les Québécois sont très tolérants. It, it's just a culture of acceptance, and, and, and it's just, you know, it's just very welcoming. Yes, um, that's wonderful. So that's my take on it. So we must not forget that... Mm -hmm. In the U.S. and Canada, we have a bit of a distorted vision of gay rights because of what's happening in so many countries. Mm. Well, this is terrible to hear. I did not know that it was that no matter, high. Uh, what country you're from or what religion you are, it should be all fair and equal. Don't, don't you agree, JP? Oh, absolutely. Totally. It's really what it's all about. Yeah. But, you know, some countries uh, outside of the U.S. and Canada have made a lot of progress, mind you, of course. But there's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah. And, and uh, one thing about, one thing that I appreciate as far as the gay community is concerned, uh, as a filmmaker and as an individual, it's an international community by definition. 
See, I, if you're a gay guy my age, you have friends all over the world because, you know, you, you make friends online, you do travel. I mean, because all these people that you meet online or wherever who are of different nationalities, chances are that they had a very similar experience as a child and, and a teenager, you know, rejection and hiding and, and all these things. So with all due respect for the Jewish community, there's a bit of a parallel here, okay? Because, you know, it's just international and all over the world, which is, uh, which is pretty cool and which is interesting when you're going to distribute a film. Um, already, you know, on our Facebook page for Old Guys in Bed, we have likes and followers from, I don't know, at least 30 countries. Oh, that's fabulous. Pretty amazing. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, I mean, trans and rides are, are very important. I mean, they know what they want to do with their body their, and their identity. And, you know, they know better than we do. Absolutely. And, and and they're they're you know they're the sole owner of their body and their identity and uh, we gotta respect that one hundred percent. Yes. You know. Yes, and also support them in any way we I, can. I do have uh, uh, I do have an example that there's still a lot of discrimination in the U.S. and in Canada. Tell us. You know, at the end of the day, you know, it's not. I mean, you know, the game is not over. No. Uh, I. I have a distant, well, a semi-distant relative who's a friend on Facebook, and that person usually likes a lot of stuff that I post that, you know, about, I don't know, about travel or, you know, whatever, clothes. And I posted quite a few things about old guys in bed. <laughs> and Good. she didn't like any of the posts. Oh. And, and that tells me, something i mean i'm 71 it's not like i'm gonna cry over it okay mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i you know i'm wondering why you know yeah i'm why? wondering you know and and someone that i've known since you know since early childhood so anyway mm -hmm. so that's just to give you an example because i'm not, i don't feel victimized you know i'm beyond that yes but the but still you know that's really um microaggression Good. Unless there's something I don't know and that I don't understand that she, that she might explain to me at some point. I don't know. You're right. I agree with you uh, 100%. And I always say um, I'm in it full on. There's no halfway with me. I'm 100%. I adore you and I love you. And there's no other way. That's it. You know, so 100% right. and all in is is where, you know, my heart lies and that's i feel that everybody should be that way i hope they are and if not then we just need to help them along so they can be more supportive <laughs> that's what i think <laughs> if that can be achieved <laughs> if that can be achieved right jp well we're gonna try <laughs> okay <laughs> um, so what was your very first introduction to film and acting and tv and movies uh when i was five I watched television a lot and I would put on plays, you know, with other kids, you know, and I wanted to be an actor. Uh, I also wrote poetry. Um, and I, you know, I scribbled poems because they were, I mean, they were, they were short. So, I mean, you know, 
I could come up with a poem in like two, three minutes. I'm not saying it was a great poem, but I, you know, I would do these things. And I would also uh, use the, uh, um, the, you know, the, I mean, the tape recorder. And I, yes. would, I, I would actually imitate radio announcers, you know, when they do voiceover commercials and that sort of thing. Wonderful. And that's what I do. Yeah. You know, that's that's what I do to this day. And then in uh, you know, during my teenage years, uh, I was very involved in the theater um, with four or five very close friends who all, all of us had a good career mm. afterwards. All of us. Wasn't that we didn't fun? Know. We didn't know we would, you know, we were just like clueless. Oh, really? Out. We didn't know. I mean, we were just very passionate about theater. Uh -huh. And we, we knew that we had some talent. But I mean, going, I mean, leaving our hometown and trying to make it in a bigger city was just such, I mean, it was so huge, you know, for us. It was just like, wow. You know, I thought I just I, I thought I, I I was very afraid when I was a young actor. Then I went to drama school, et cetera. And I, I also trained at HB Studio in New York City. Uh, and for many years, you know, before my training, during my training, and the first couple of years of my career, I thought that I would have a no career. I thought that I would be stuck in very, very minor roles. And, you know, I, I although... Apparently, you know, I was coming up with some really good work. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought it would end from one day to the next. Mm -hmm. So I had to go through that. And then I started believing myself, believing in myself way more. So Amazing. Um, amazing. So you had this very humble, uh, down to earth, uh, practical uh, expectation. And then it took off. And did you all three, all three of your friends who had fun in theater, did you all move together to New York? Yeah, pretty much at the same time. Wow. And there were five of us during oh, the really? same year, or the same couple of years. <laughs> yeah. And and like five years later, okay, five years later, we were all working wow. on television, theater. We were all working. We were all working actors. And we couldn't believe what was going on you know yeah so, uh, how exciting and and so much fun uh that's a that's a movie in itself five friends moved to new york from canada to i mean that's a movie in itself jp you know your life is a movie right <laughs> it's an adventure <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is adventure. kind of a movie that's wonderful and, and, yeah, go ahead sorry i'm sorry go ahead jp well i just want to say that uh Becoming a writer was a, oh my God, that was quite a process because see, when I was a younger actor, I was in the closet. I mean, not within the industry, people knew and my friends, but I was, you know, I, there was no question that I would come out to the media. It was totally off the table. And whenever I wanted to write something, it was always about gay people. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't write. Because um, writing about gay people all the time, unless you're John Irving, you know, people assume that you're homosexual. And I didn't want that. Uh, so I, I, at some point when I was about 60, I said, you know, JP, there's a lot of things you can do. Uh, you can fool yourself. 
You know, sometimes you can fool a couple of people. I mean, we've all done that. But one thing that you cannot do is not write. Yes, that's Whatever right. Whatever the consequences are going to be. Yes. And with the, when your first film is going to come out, which is owned with Mr. Carter, you're going to come out to the media. And it's been a great experience. My oh. coming out uh, uh, was just like, I mean, it was really a renaissance, you know, of sorts. Yes, I'm so proud of you, JP. Well, thank you. I'm so proud of you because you're perfect just as you are, and we love you and no matter what. And that's the real essence of pure and true friendship and love. And that's what this world needs. And um, so I'm so proud of you. And speaking of Alone with Mr. Carter, which is what, who, what you wrote, um, produced, did you act in it as well? No, I don't act in, in the films that I write and direct because it's it's just Too it's much? really a, an auteur kind of thing, you know, okay. not an actor kind of thing uh, for me. Uh, yeah, Alone with Mr. Carter uh, was my first film. It's a short film. Uh, it was very successful worldwide. We still have sales, you know, uh, yeah. from different countries, which is great. And it's about a 10-year-old boy who secretly loves an elderly neighbor and the elderly neighbor now is going away forever because he's oh. evicted, he's out of money. And the little boy has a very limited period of time to, you know, muster, muster the courage of telling him, I love you. And, and so, and that's the premise. How sweet. And th there's a picture we have on screen of yeah. the young boy and then Mr. Carter. And um, does this young boy have any family um or does he does he also look to mr carter as family as well jp yes because he's very neglected his parents are basically drug addicts oh. and he's just very you know he's just very neglected and it's a rather <clears throat> it's a well, it's, you know it's an area where people are financially challenged quite a bit mm -hmm. and uh, um and the old guy for lack of a better expression Mr. Carter has a very sexy and wonderful 35-year-old girlfriend, and, and she's a Latina, <laughs> and you know, she, she knows how to make waves. <laughs> I, I hope I'm not insulting anybody here. <laughs> not at all. Not at and, all. And, 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 and anyway, and the kid, anyway, and I don't want to spoil the rest of the story, but, uh, you know, it's something that I'm really proud of, uh, and that still gathers attention. This is wonderful and it sounds so great. Um, I can't wait to uh, see it. Where can we see it, JP? Uh, alone with Mr. Carter? Yeah, it's on, it's currently, it's currently on Amazon. Okay, so everyone check out Alone with Mr. Carter on Amazon. Now, uh, in 2022 from the Honoris Festival, you won several, you've won several awards. You're an award-winning uh, filmmaker. Uh, you won Best Supporting Actor for Le Purgatore de Interms. We're going to check out that out in a moment. But you also won Best Short Film Award for Alone with Mr. Carter. I, I won, Alone with Mr. Carter won Best Short Film at Fantasia Film Festival. Oh, Fantasia. Uh, wow, okay. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I I don't think we won at Merlinka, oh, okay. but we certainly won at Fantasia. Oh, okay, which was, you know, please very encouraging. Please and as far as a purgatory, yeah. purgatory, right here. Go ahead. 
I'm sorry. Yes. No, uh, please forgive me. It was um, you were nominated then for the Merlinka. Please forgive me on that. Uh, you're absolutely correct and right. So for the Merlinka Festival, I believe you might have been nominated for Besh short film award and that's a wonderful recognition in itself and then um as you said uh please forgive me uh le purgator de intime they uh you've got a best supporting actor for that in in uh, from the on oniros festival is that right jp uh oniros yeah the oniros festival in new york city okay. uh actually the uh uh the English title of uh, is Purgatory. It's just Purgatory. Oh, and is it? Okay. Cool film. <laughs> uh, yeah. And yes, I won Best Supporting Actor in New York City. Uh, oh. You know, the city where I trained as an actor. Yeah. You know? How so did that feel? Things came kind of, you know, it came full oh, circle. Yes. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I mean, I felt great. It, 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 I read, you know, I thought it was a significant achievement in my journey. Yes, um, so wonderful. And then you've also been nominated for uh, best performance for, um, cr uh, excuse me, prom queen, the Mark Hall story. And I'm going to go there to the next screen. And we have these great posters, prom queen. Um, I love this story and I want everyone to check it out. I think it's on Amazon. Is that right too, JP? Possibly, but as I didn't produce it, I'm not really sure where you can find it. But just Googling prom queen and, you know, film, you just need to yes, follow yes. the breadcrumbs. Yes, and this is, I love this because this is about a um, a very, uh, is he Jewish or Catholic, his family in, in the story? Catholic. Catholic. Yeah, it's a very, very, yeah, it's a Catholic family. Yeah. Catholic family. And then, uh, but he wants to bring, uh, his boyfriend, his partner, to the prom. And so the story unfolds from there. And um, again, this is about understanding and family. What what does family mean to you? Well, family is who we love. And, uh, and that's what's most important. Isn't that right, JP? Absolutely. And if I may, I want to tell you a couple of words about how I felt during the shoot of Prom Queen. Yeah. See, we shot in Toronto, and in Toronto, uh, basically, <laughs> the industry, the Toronto industry didn't know that I was gay. And so I was closeted during that shoot. Uh, I, I didn't want to, anybody to be, anyway, my thinking was just very different than what it is today, and I was closeted. And I, I played the hetero father of this young man, okay? And, uh, um, and that helped me decide to come out because I was faced with the following and I said, JP, come on. This is a gay film for lack of a better word. You know, it's yeah. all about acceptance. Right. You know, you, you play the hetero father and now who ends up being very pro his kid and pro gay and now you're closeted something doesn't make sense here you know i and that that's when i started having a stronger conversation with myself about coming out amazing and i ended up coming out amazing so this really this was a catalyst this uh, movie prom queen was really helpful 
in helping you to, you know, be free, right? And Right. And it was also the beginning of my love story with Palm Springs. Oh, uh, was it? <laughs> yeah, because I have a home in Palm Springs. I have another one in Montreal. And and the film screened at the Palm Springs International Film Festival. And uh, I think they called it the gala. Uh, uh, and the audience was full of gay guys. Cute. <laughs> and uh, they loved the film. They liked the father. They thought that dad was doing a really good job, you know. Yeah. And 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 uh, I realized that Palm Springs was the perfect environment for my future. Yeah. So I stopped going to auditions in LA. I had worked in LA, as I said, and I decided to focus on my own projects. Yeah. And and at the time, it included acting in my projects. Not anymore. But all this to say that's. That was the beginning of my uh, my love story with Palm Springs because uh, pretty much everything that I love is in Palm Springs. It's an older community. I've always been attracted to older men. It's a very strong gay community. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of mid century modern. There's a lot of retro stuff. It's a small town, so people are very nice to each other um, overall. I love that. And et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I said, well, you got to be in Palm Springs. So I left LA and I moved to Palm Springs. Wonderful. And don't they have good dinner theaters or theaters and restaurants there as well? Well, there are fabulous restaurants uh, across the board. And there is some local theaters. Some is equity, some is not equity. There's the Palm Canyon Theater, uh, who does pretty much, you know, musicals. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are some other venues. And there's a, there is a... Uh, theater community in, in the desert that I'm not part of because my focus is really film and television. Yes. Uh, but there are also associations of filmmakers or film people, you know, who live in the desert and, and uh, definitely in where I belong more directly. Def definitely. And also JP, I heard that uh, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. would be, you know, they would frequent Palm Springs a lot. Marilyn Monroe, uh, the Rat Pack, um, all of them, right? Right. Well, Sinatra actually had a house in in, in Palm Springs. Indeed. And I, I've actually been at a party once or <laughs> twice that was taking place in one of his houses. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, the gentleman... Yeah, I passed away and it went to other hands. But uh, the Palm Springs International Film Festival uh, sometimes has parties there. And it's just an incredible feeling. Hey, it's Frank Sinatra's house. Come on. Yeah, fabulous. And, and when you go to restaurants, to some restaurants, some old restaurants in Palm Springs, or some old venues, I think like Oscars, for instance. Ooh. No, I'm, I'm mistaken. Some other venue. You see black and white photos of the owner shaking hands with Sinatra, shaking hands with Dean Martin, etc. Wow! Oh my gosh, I love that. I love. Don't you love that? I absolutely love that. <laughs> and and I always listen to the radio in my car. And I like a lot of people in the desert. I tune in to the retro. Uh, a, a radio station which plays Sinatra, etc. It's, it's like living in a whole Sinatra. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know, I love uh, it. Yes, 
I, I love it so much. I, I love all of that, the Rat Pack and everything my dad did too. And you know, I've had Dean Martin's daughter, Dina Martin, on my show. I interviewed her. I mean, she's oh. so fabulous. She's my favorite singer. And just I just love her uh, to the moon and back. Uh, so I get I get you. I I love all of that vintage Rat Pack, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. stuff. I just I just drink that up. Don't you, JP? Oh, absolutely. That's what I listen to all the time. And, you know, the big bands and, you know, I'm very retro. <laughs> Me too. I love that. I love that. I love retro. Um, speaking of uh, your film and TV career, uh, what do you prefer? Do you prefer TV or do, do you prefer film or, or a both? Well, let's see. We just shot uh, The Last Communion, which is a Canadian series. Yeah. I don't know when it's going to drop in the U.S., but it's a very kick-ass kind of series about three older uh, uh, Catholic brothers, like the Sacred Heart or something. You know, they all <laughs> defrock at the same time at age 70 or 65, and it's 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 going to be a really good show. The uh, Well, nowadays... A lot of TV is very much like film. Uh, yeah, and some people think that it's going to be more and more about series because the streamers, they like series because there's a comeback factor. You know, people mm -hmm. come back to the series and, 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 and basically a feature film is... Uh, Excuse my French, but a one night stand, you know. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> there is our relationship. So uh, uh, the the uh, uh, I actually was thinking about creating a TV show at some point, but as hard as it is to uh, get a feature film off the ground, I find that it's five times harder to um, create a series. Uh, in terms of the financing and, you know, in all aspects. So I guess my preference is film or series that are pretty much like films. Oh, okay. That sounds great. That's a wonderful answer. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> and, and good points, JP, because uh, they're very similar now. It used to be very separate, didn't it? And now it's actors and actresses can go either way, anywhere, right? Theater? Uh, there's no stigma. No you know, if people do film, they can do TV, et cetera, et cetera. Sitcoms and, uh, uh, sitcoms and soap operas are, are genres of their own. You know, those are the way they were, pretty much. Yeah. But all the rest is very often like film, I find. Amazing, amazing. And JP, there's another movie poster we have on screen. It's uh, a speed zone life begins above 55 and there's some blockbuster superstars in here like brooke shields the smothers brothers um eugene levy joe flaherty tim matheson uh john candy wow uh, melody anderson peter boyle uh how was that working on that was that a fun set to what did you do what did you play <laughs> it was fun it was a bit of a strange experience but it was fun <laughs> Uh, uh, the, it was a strange experience because I guess I was booked for, I don't know, 10 hours and I ended up being there like 23 hours or something. Oh, so I made a lot of extra money. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. See, they loved you. See, that's usually what, how it happens. 
is I've heard stories like that before where an actor is so appreciated and that it's just extended because it, it's so great or their their role is extended or they get different separate uh, additional parts or that kind of thing. So that, that's that's really wonderful. So what is that about? It's about cops, right? Yeah. And the uh, OK. All right. The, the <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's uh, Speed Zone is really about, you know, uh, motorcycles and airplanes and etc. Not speed zone. Okay? okay, it's a long time ago. <laughs> I'm not really sure that I remember all aspects of the storyline, but the uh, I had one scene and I played I played a French guy, and 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 there was a uh, there was a malentendu. There was a, a play on words. Oh my god, <laughs> I played a French guy. <clears throat> who by his behavior could very well have been gay. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to say a four-letter word now, if you don't mind. Okay, go and ahead. He was, I was with the Smother Brothers and, and Brooke Shields was the, was the uh, uh, flight attendant. And I, my lines would be like, uh, I had peanuts, a bag of peanuts, and I would tell the Smother Brothers, uh, would you like my peanuts? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, and I kept going, would you like my penis? <laughs> Hilarious. <sighs> yeah, and well, it's not really a four-letter word. It's not, actually. The, the, uh, and, and so, I mean, the, it was a fun scene. It was really a fun scene. Great, really <laughs> great, really fun. And that was 1989. And I think um, if people search for it, they can check it out. Because who doesn't love a fun comedy? as well and that's just so hilarious and so you got to work with them and that you know so so uh you know famous names so that's really really wonderful jp and then i've also switched to the next screen which is um uh evil words and uh trauma now evil words was a uh film and it grossed two million dollars and that was wonderful that for that time very very successful tell us what it's about and where people can watch it okay uh, uh so let's say um here's what i remember of the storyline it's really about the world being taken over by the devil uh and and i oh i i played a priest okay that was my second priest i think okay so i played a priest and my community and i real i was realizing that my community was starting to be possessed Oh, and uh, uh, and that was a terrible thing and terrible thing for me, for my parish. And uh, I tried to turn things around, but I was not able to because at the end of the day, you know, the devil won. You know? Oh, and, wow. So that was my storyline within that film. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I have very good memories of it. Uh, it's um, it's a performance that I'm really proud of. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's very non cliche, you know. It's very it's a very plausible priest, but not maybe not the way you think mm -hmm. a priest usually is. And uh, yeah, and trauma, oh trauma, what a fun show, a Canadian show. Uh, I played a. Uh, um, orthopedist <laughs> oh that's great I, I played an old orthopedist who 
who was still at the hospital because he had no other place to go. He was a drunk. He was either a widower or divorced. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had tons of money, but he was, uh, he had a lot of fun. You know, he was a very, how can I say this? He was the black sheep, but he was an excellent doctor. So he would say, he would make all sorts of remarks that were funny for the audience, but that were terrible to hear, you know, mm-hmm. for his patients and colleagues. And, uh, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, not only was he a really great doctor, he was also a good guy. Uh, his heart was in the right place. And uh, yeah, so... That's trauma. wonderful. That is wonderful. And um, that was filmed trauma in uh, Canada, right, JP? That is correct. Yeah, absolutely. And, and where was um, Evil Words uh, filmed? Was that filmed in Quebec, Canada? That was filmed in Quebec. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Yeah, absolutely. Great. And I love the poster. Um, and we're always fascinated with good versus evil. And of course, I always want good to win, right? So we all want good to win. So uh, that should be an exciting uh, film to check out. I encourage everybody to do that as well. And um, yeah, so this has been so much fun. Um, I'm sorry, we're gonna have to start wrapping it up, but I have one more question uh, for you, uh, JP, and then we're gonna do our heart messages and any shout outs that you want to do. Um, What is your dream role? What is your dream? I know you have some great projects coming up like, the Last Communion and uh, Old Guys in Bed. Oh, and, and we do want to talk about ageism. I want to have a question about ageism I want to ask you about. But um, what is your dream role first? Well, you know what? It's 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 kind of a coincidence because I just shot The Last Communion and that was a dream role. And, wow. and I hope we're going to have more seasons because it's 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 a very complex character. He's defrocked, but he's going through so much stuff, you know. And again, he's a black sheep within, you know, he used to be a black sheep, you know, in the community. I can relate um, to that. I relate to that. And, and that, you know, he's on a great adventure. And, and uh, I had the opportunity of trying to put a lot of my heart into it. And, you know, I hope it's going to read on cam. I think so. You know, I'm very hopeful about it. Uh, and uh, as far as uh, ageism? Yes, I want to ask you about ageism and your thoughts on it and uh, how is it in today's world? Because I just want to say just uh, before that, um, for me, my career has really taken off. You know, I'm 56 and I'm the happiest now with how my career is going. In fact, I struggled so much when I was in my 20s and 30s, uh, trying to find my place in the world. And now, uh, over 50, I feel um, things, opportunities have opened up. So I'm very thankful and grateful, especially to the people I work with. How about you, JP? Well, let's see. Let's start with the acting. Well, there are fewer roles. Uh, You know, starting at age 65 for men, there are fewer roles. But I knew that, so it's not like it's not like I'm having a nervous breakdown about it. You know, I don't expect to work as an actor very often. You know, in my seventies and eighties, I cross my fingers about the you know about longevity. 
but when there's a really good project like the last communion uh, or 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 uh, um, uh, come on uh, purgatory purgatory uh, yes in which I played a very good guy I have to say uh, the uh, well you know I I I just play the role you know as passionate as passionately as I can on stage if I were to come back on stage which I haven't done in. Uh, 20 some years. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd like to play Willie Loman because he's very much like my father, you know, in, in the, uh, uh, come on, JP, in uh, uh, Death of a Salesman. Oh, yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I'd like to do that. I'd like to do that at some point. But right now, I have no time. I'm very busy with my film and my film projects. But it's something that I'd like to do somewhere along the line. I retired from the stage in 1995. Because I felt that I've done what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. but I, I'd like to play that role. Uh, as far as ageism, uh, well, it's systemic. It is systemic. It's wrong, isn't it? Pardon? It's wrong. It, it, it's 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 so wrong. It's, yeah. it's it's systemic, and it's absolutely wrong. Uh, uh, I mean. Uh, as I said, for starters, on screen, we rarely see older characters and let alone older gay characters or lesbian. Right. And ageism, you know what? Ageism is certainly a big problem because I was, I came out as a, <laughs> as a 71 year old just recently. Uh, I was uh, honestly, I didn't share my age very often, never on social for many years because I was afraid that I would lose stuff. Mm. Um, oh. And and I I think we don't have enough. I don't. I mean, for for those among us who are less privileged, uh, there's not enough social programs. I find you know yes. for older people. Yes. Uh, I'm a firm believer that healthcare should be pretty much universal, yeah. you know, pretty much, you know, uh, um, and that Medicare premiums and Medicare costs and uh, should be lower. Social security should be higher. Anyway, uh, uh, I'm all for those social programs. Um, and uh, but I really think ageism is everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's a huge topic. That might be another conversation, to yeah. tell you the truth, because it's huge. It is. I did want to mention, um, I wish uh, that America would take more of a, a philosophy of how they have in Japan, how they respect their seniors and senior citizens and those who are older, who are much wiser. And I think we can learn from other cultures, such as Japan and any other I think in the Native American in um, uh, Native American culture, also they value their uh, the stories and their ancestors and those who have come before us. And I really want that to go back to the old ways. I hope that America starts to recognize and take on some of those um, ways of philosophy and uh, lifestyle ways. So because I'm getting older too, JP. And uh, I, I, you know, I want to remain active when I get older. I want to live to 100. 
And like you, I'm gonna you're gonna live to a hundred. That's what I'm gonna say it right here on the show. Okay, you're gonna live. Okay, to it's an affirmation. <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay, so because everybody's living longer, right? We need this change. Um, so, what are your thoughts on that, JP? Do you agree? Oh yeah, totally agree. I mean, we we need those changes. Uh, uh, absolutely. Uh, I, I I'm gonna be working till age ninety. Yay! Uh, that's what I have in mind. That's Yay. it's uh yes. Oh, I don't want to brag about it because so many people are dead already in my age group, but I I'm very healthy. Great. And uh I intend to take even better care of myself, you know, in the next 20 years. Wonderful. Um, I'm so proud of you. And I'm gonna do the same, JP, okay? Yeah, right on. Right on. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, I love that we talked about that and it's so important. So uh, everyone, I do want to uh, ask everyone out there, if you encounter anything with ageism, please support uh, those, you know, us of us like me who are getting older and also your um, people who are older than us as well. Um, please respect them and treat them with love and adm admiration and honor and uh, just tremendous love. And uh, so uh, that's what I, that's my heart message for this week. And what's your heart message, JP? My heart message is world peace. I'll, I'm not sure I'm comfortable in deep diving into this right now. Because, you know, I'm reflecting a lot on what's going on in the world in at least two different countries. Uh, but to sum it up, I really hope we, we're going to get to world peace at some point and as soon as possible. Yeah. I mean, the, those, that, those nuclear things, you know, I do understand that we're just defending ourselves. I totally get that. The, but speaking in general, it would be so great if all countries disarmed, you know, it would be so wonderful. So you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you too. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of joking, probably because it's such a tragedy and, and that might be a nervous reaction. Um, but yes, we're at peace. Yes, our hearts, our thoughts, our prayers, and our wishes are for world peace. I join you with that. What a beautiful heart message, JP. Thank you for that. And we, that's all we want. We want world peace and, and uh, more love in the world. That's what is needed. And real love, not the fake love, but the real, genuine, authentic love of, um, you know, of, from our hearts and living authentically and who we are and loving, uh, loving each other and ourselves. So thank you so much, JP, for that. Is there any um, is there anyone you'd like to give a shout out to or acknowledge or well, say? Isabel Isabel Drian. <laughs> Hi, Isabel. Yes. <laughs> Who connected us? How are yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Isabel. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, and Isabel has some big projects coming up. I'm not going to reveal anything, but she's doing good. <laughs> it, it, thanks for having me. It, it, it's been. Thank it's you. just been wonderful speaking with you. Thank and you. And I hope so we'll do it again. Yes, you're so welcome. I'd love to have you back again. You've been absolutely wonderful, JP. Thank you so much. 
and uh, just an absolute beautiful guest in all ways, in every way, on every level. Uh, and, and you're just amazing, amazing film director, actor, and um, you know you're so great. You could write a book. I just want to tell you that, JP. So, you're, so if you ever think about writing in your journal and and making it a book, your diary, uh, I'm sure it would uh, sell because you're just absolutely fabulous. You're a treasure on this planet, and we love you. So, thank you for being here. Well, well, thank you. Maybe you want you want to talk to one of my ex boyfriends. I mean, I, they, they don't necessarily think I'm a treasure, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, thank you so much. Thanks again for having me. Thanks for your appreciation, and I keep you in my heart. Oh, thank you, and we'll, I'm going to keep you in my heart. We'll keep you in our hearts as well, JP. Thank you, and until next time, until we meet again, JP. Au revoir. Okay, au revoir. <laughs>